For me and Ashley, you're married. Talk she. Recorded live. Interruption. And, uh, and we had to finally set some boundaries. Like, you're going to let me finish my story when we're in public or with others uh, before you chime in. But there was one, like, clause. There was one, uh, unless the story's being told inaccurate, then I can come in and tell the facts and get, fill in the gaps and make sure it's all straight. And so the first interruption I want us to look at is the interruption between Gabriel and Mary. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. There's an interruption that happens, and, and Gabriel was sent by God as an angel to a town uh, in Galilee called Nazareth. Verse 27, he was sent to a virgin, engaged to a man whose name was Joseph from the house of of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, so in other words, the angel just steps in, uninvited, unannounced, just interrupts Mary's private time. Mary was by herself. She wasn't with her family. She wasn't with Joseph. She was having some private time. And all of a sudden, this angel just bursts in, right? Just appears. But he doesn't just interrupt her physically. He interrupts her verbally. And he says these words. He says, rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, in this moment, Mary's kind of confused. She's like, where did this come from? What just happened? Why is there an angel talking to me, interrupting my private time? This angel comes in and interrupts her. This is what God spoke to me, this to you, to say to you. Are you willing to be interrupted by God? Are you willing to let God's presence interrupt your space? interrupt your private time? Are you willing to let God's Word interrupt your thoughts? Interrupt what's happening in your life? Are you willing to let God interrupt you to birth something new? In you? Are you willing for the new thing to happen inside you? See, God's looking for people who are willing to be interrupted. Mary wasn't a perfect girl. She needed a Savior just like you and me. But you know what set Mary apart is that she was open. I think that word open is not used enough. We don't think about it enough, and yet we say it every Sunday. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive. What we're saying is, Lord, I'm open to your interruptions. I'm open to you doing something fresh inside of me. Mary was open. She was open for God to do something new and fresh, and yet the angel is also another part of this interruption. Gabriel was used by God to be an interrupting voice in Mary's life. God used Gabriel to be an interrupting voice of hope, an interrupting voice of faith, an interrupting voice of peace. And I think God wants to use you and I to be an interrupting voice of hope, an interrupting voice of faith in someone's fear, an interrupting voice of peace when there's strife in our home. I wonder if you would let God use your voice instead of interrupting with negative words. What if God could use your voice to interrupt with positive words? What if this week, instead of speaking criticism and sarcasm, you started speaking hope and grace and peace was on your lips? Can God use you to be a divine interruption? This is what God started telling me as I was reading the story. God said, Paul, can I use you the way that I used Gabriel? Can I use you to do what Gabriel did for Mary? Can I use you to do that for someone else? To interrupt the narrative that's happening in their life? with divine encouragement, divine hope. The angel didn't just come in and say, Hey, Mary, what's wrong with you? No, the angel came in with a voice of hope. Mary, you're blessed. Mary, favor has found you. Mary, there's joy that's interrupting your, your, your loneliness. Whatever you're walking through, the angel's saying, God is not finished with you yet. 
God has something great that He wants to do. God wants to use you in an incredible way. He wants to birth something in you. And someone needs to hear that in your life. Someone is counting on you to be what Gabriel was for Mary. God's wanting you to be for somebody else. Life with God should be a life fulfilled. Fulfilled in your family, your relationships, and your spiritual walk. Learn how to have that fulfilled life with Pastor Paul's three-part CD series. Fully devoted when you call or go to pauldoherty.org and make a gift of any size. God says it's not about you. It's about the Holy Spirit moving in you for something that's meant to bless the world. God says, Mary, you don't get it. My interruption in your life, yes, it has to do with you, but it really has to do with the whole world. Can He use you? as an interrupting voice. Now, Mary's thinking about this. She's pondering this, and she's listening as the angel is saying, Mary, you're about to conceive something that's not from you, and it's not from man. It's only from God. And, and Mary's thinking about it. She's going, huh? Verse, verse 34, it says, she goes, how? How is this going to happen? Anybody ever ask the question, how, whenever you're thinking about, like, something that, that God said is going to happen, or maybe a prophecy was spoken, or maybe someone shares a vision, and your immediate response is, How? Yeah, me and Ashley, we do this all the time when we're talking about ideas. How oftentimes can get in the way of the Holy Spirit? How oftentimes can blind us from seeing the power of God that supersedes our how? Sometimes we're so stuck at how. How camps out at doubt? How camps out at the base of fear? How camps out in a place of criticism? See, if faith is at the mountaintop, how is at the valley? How is down here going... I don't know how this miracle is going to happen. I don't know how my marriage is going to make it. I don't know how financially I'm going to pay for school. I don't know how. It's going to, and you can camp out at how as long as you want. There's a lot of people who do, and they miss out on the power of the Holy Spirit. God says, if you'll get over your how, I've got a Holy Spirit that can get you to the top of the mountain. You can't do it on your own, but I've got a Holy Spirit. This is what the angel says in verse 35. Here's how the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will make up what you're trying to do in the natural that you can't do. God's going to do in the supernatural that only He can do. The Holy Spirit is going to show up in a divine way. I came to interrupt you because I think some people in this room saying, I don't know how God's going to use me. I've missed it. I've messed up. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm the wrong candidate. And God says, stop. With an interrupting voice of hope, he says, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I haven't left you. I still have a plan for your marriage. I still have a plan for your health. I'm going to interrupt your sickness with some healing this morning. I'm going to interrupt your bondage with some freedom this morning. I'm going to interrupt your depression with some peace this morning. If you'll just let me interrupt the thoughts you've been thinking and the words you've been speaking, I promise you I will not leave you. And I think this is the thing. Sometimes we think an interruption is a bad thing. When in reality, an interruption is really an invitation to experience God in a greater way. For Mary, this interruption was actually inviting her on an adventure that was bigger and greater than anything she would ever do. Right? God's saying, if you'll let this interruption happen, and so Mary does. She accepts the interruption. And so let's move on to the second thing that happens. Verse 39. Now I want to look at another interruption. Mary and Elizabeth. Verse 39. It says, Mary was so excited, she conceived this this new thing, this new dream that's being birthed in her, Jesus is now filling up her belly. I mean, she is filled with the Holy Spirit. So she runs to her cousin's house, Elizabeth. She finds out Elizabeth is also pregnant too. She's been pregnant now for many months. And 
So Mary goes and runs to her house and she enters the house of Zechariah. Now listen to this. Mary didn't go to Joseph first. She didn't go to her parents first. So immediately as she has conceived, she is going by herself on a journey to visit Elizabeth. Here she is, pregnant as a teenager, hadn't talked to her fiancé yet. She goes away on this long journey. She goes to visit Elizabeth, and she hasn't had a conversation with anybody yet that we see in, in the records. I mean, she hasn't talked to her mom about it. She hasn't talked to her grandma. She hasn't talked to her dad. She hasn't talked to Joseph. So this is the first conversation she has with a person about what's happening inside her. And so she goes to Elizabeth. Now, on the other hand, Elizabeth, her cousin, she's been pregnant for a while. It says she hadn't felt a kick in a while. I wonder if maybe God spoke something to you, but you haven't felt the kick in a while. You haven't felt whether it's still there. Is the dream still inside me? Is the potential still inside me? Is the prophecy they spoke over me still going to come to pass? See, Elizabeth needed a divine interruption. She was sitting in her house, and by the way, Elizabeth, in her old age, God interrupted Elizabeth and impregnated her and Zechariah with baby boy uh, John the Baptist was sitting inside of Elizabeth's belly. And so here Elizabeth is sitting at home, and she's wondering, is the baby still in there? Is the dream still alive? Have you ever wondered if it's still there? Is it still alive? I have. I remember when I was 15, someone spoke a prophetic word over me. Paul, you're going to be a pastor one day, and you're going to help lead this church. And I go, no, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I was 15 years old. I did not see that happen. I was the wrong choice. I was the last one, the youngest out of four. No, it's not me. It's somebody else. But then as time went on, I saw little hints, little glimpses of maybe that prophetic word had some weight to it. Maybe... Maybe it was going to come to pass. Turn 23, 24. And sometimes you go through seasons where there's no kick, where you just aren't sure if the dream or the prophetic word is still going to come to pass. And you're just hoping, God, send me a sign. Send me somebody to affirm, to tell me that there's still something inside me. I think this is where Elizabeth was at. I think she was waiting in her house just for a sign from God, a divine interruption, and all of a sudden, there's a knock on the door. And when she heard the knock on the door, it says that Elizabeth felt a kick in her belly. The baby leaped in her womb, and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. When Mary opened the door, sparks flew. There was a divine interruption, a divine connection, and this morning, I think God's knocking on the door of your heart, and He's wanting the sparks to fly. There's still a dream inside you. There's still potential inside you. God's not finished with you yet. You're not being pushed out to pasture. God still has a plan for you. You're not too young. You're not too old. The prophetic word that was spoken over you will come to pass in Jesus' name. Just feel the baby leap inside you. And all change is painful. The truth is, any change is going to involve some pain. But when you know the purpose behind the change, you can push through the pain. Mary understood that this, this change that's happening inside of her, as painful as it is, it has a huge purpose. And if you're walking through something that's painful right now, you need to know there's a purpose behind the pain. God wants to use this pain. He didn't cause the pain, but He wants to use the pain to be a testimony of His power in your weakness. 
A life fulfilled. That's what God wants for you. Kindness. Come on in. Healing. Come on in. He's taking the junk out and he's putting the Jesus in. When you call or go to pauldoherty.org and make a gift of $19 or more a month, you will receive both the three-message CD series by Paul Doherty and the exclusive Victory Journal. Your gift will support the spread of the good news of victory to over 6 million viewers every week. $19 helps support victory's 200 missionaries in countries all over the world, as well as providing humanitarian aid and disaster relief to spots of turmoil and poverty. Your support helps us to continue to feed children, minister to those in need, and enable others to receive hope. Your generosity of $19 a month, just 63 cents a day, will not just give others hope, but satisfaction knowing that the message of God's grace is reaching others around the world. Please call 1-800-760-2360 or go online right now. And her response to Mary, I love this. She says, blessed are you, Mary. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why has this why has the, the mother of my Lord come and granted me the opportunity to visit in my house? So God used Mary as a divine interruption in Elizabeth's life, and then God used Elizabeth as a divine, ironically, interruption back into Mary's life. And here's the point. Sometimes while you're waiting on your uh, divine interruption from somebody else, you've got to go and be it to somebody else. While you're waiting for, for your Mary to come and knock on the door, maybe God's calling you to be a Mary to go knock on someone else's door and affirm them and encourage them and speak life into them. Don't just wait for someone to come and do it for you. Go and be it for somebody else this week. Go and speak hope to somebody. Text them. Send them a Facebook message. Let them know God's not forgotten about you. He's still got you on his mind. That dream's still alive in your heart. God wants to use you to be an interruption of hope in somebody's life this week. God wants to use you to be an interruption of peace in somebody's life this week. There's someone you know that's fighting depression, and they need to know there's peace that passes all understanding that's knocking at the door of their heart. They need to know there's hope even in the difficult times they're walking through. Someone's going through a divorce, and here's an interruption of hope. You're going to make it. You're going to get through this. I know it's dark. I know it's difficult. You feel lonely. You feel abandoned. You feel trapped. You feel like nobody knows, but God knows. And He hasn't forgotten about you. And He's not throwing you out. And He's not throwing you away. He still has a plan for you. Would you be willing to let God use you as an interruption in somebody's life? A divine interruption. See, what Gabriel was to Mary... Mary was to Elizabeth. And what Mary was to Elizabeth, Elizabeth was back to Mary. A divine interruption. Elizabeth says to Mary, Mary, you're blessed. I don't know if you've had any conversation since God spoke to you, but let me be the first one to say, you've got favor, girl, all over you. I can feel it. The Holy Spirit's been working in you. I know you're a teenager. You might say you're too young, but girl, I just want to tell you, you're not too young. God's got His hand on your life. Wow, God's going to use you in an incredible way, Mary. See, Elizabeth, listen to this. Please, spiritual mothers, spiritual fathers, hear this. You can never over-affirm the young spiritual sons and daughters in your life. Elizabeth just began to shower Mary with affirmation. You're blessed. God's all over you. God's inside you. There's something. There's a calling on your life. It's bigger than we can imagine. Can you imagine how Mary felt as she's listening to this older woman that she knows has been faithful to God? She's listening. She's, she's a teenager. She hasn't talked to mommy yet. 
She hasn't talked to daddy yet. She's wrestling with the criticism and the fear of, is my family going to reject me when they find out I'm a teenager and I'm pregnant? Is Joseph going to leave me, my fiancé, when he finds out? And so here, in the middle of her narrative in her mind, Elizabeth interrupts her with these words of affirmation. Mary, this is from God. God's got his hand on you. The change that Mary was experiencing was painful. And all change is painful. The truth is, any change is going to involve some pain. But when you know the purpose behind the change, you can push through the pain. Mary understood that this, this change that's happening inside of her, as painful as it is, it has a huge purpose. And if you're walking through something that's painful right now, you need to know there's a purpose behind the pain. God wants to use this pain. He didn't cause the pain, but He wants to use the pain to be a testimony of His power in your weakness. When you couldn't do it on your own, His Holy Spirit showed up. Push through the pain. Life with God should be a life fulfilled. Fulfilled in your family, your relationships, and your spiritual walk. Learn how to have that fulfilled life with Pastor Paul's three-part CD series. Fully devoted when you call or go to pauldoherty.org and make a gift of any size. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is the last interruption we're going to look at. It's the interruption between Joseph and Gabriel. Verse 18, Joseph found out Mary was pregnant. She was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now hold on here. <laughs> Mary experienced this incredible conception and encounter with God. And she goes off to Elizabeth. For three and a half months, she's over here in this other place. Joseph doesn't see her. So Joseph has no clue what's happened to Mary. He, he didn't even know. And all of a sudden, Mary comes back, and all Joseph sees is a bump. He's like, hold up. What's been happening? Where you been, girl? She goes, Joseph, it's not what you think. There was an angel. Let me meet this angel. Where's angel at? I'm going to go to angel's house right now. Joseph is confused. Joseph is going, what? God, I'm a good man. Verse 19 says, Joseph was a righteous man. He was a man who feared the Lord, a man who went to church. He's going, wait, this isn't fair. This isn't fair. I... I feel like I've been working hard. I've been saving myself. I've been pure. I haven't been looking at stuff I shouldn't be looking at. I haven't been doing stuff I shouldn't be doing. I, I haven't cheated. I haven't lied. Why is this happening? You've got to understand, Joseph didn't know all the facts yet. Don't think Joseph, all the, all, as soon as Mary told him that he was all good. No, he wasn't. He was ready to end this. And in fact, he had the right to stone her because in those days, if a woman was found to be pregnant outside of marriage, they would stone the girl. I mean, it was... It was very condemning culture back then until Jesus showed up. But Joseph realized, you know, I, I don't want to kill her, but I also don't want to raise that baby that's not mine. I don't want to raise that kid. That's not my kid. Joseph was, he had the right. I mean, he was feeling frustrated. He was mad. He was angry. He was confused. God, why did this happen? He's having these internal conversations and sometimes we are so crowded in our minds by the chatter of our own voice in our head. Even preachers. Preachers are probably the worst about this. We need to be daily interrupted by God. There's often times where I'm preaching and there's all kinds of voices. I'm not crazy, but there are all kinds of words coming on in my head. They're bored. They're getting up. They're leaving. They're, they're done with you. They don't like this sermon. They're, they're tired of you. Just get off the stage. All these kind of voices. And sometimes we just need to go. Yeah. 
sometimes we just need to be still and have a divine interruption. I need God on a daily basis to interrupt my thoughts, to interrupt my words, to interrupt the, the spiraling, the track that I'm going down of fear, to interrupt the track of negativity, of defeat. God wants to do it for you right now. He wants to interrupt the thoughts, the things that you're feeling, the feelings, the, the words you've been saying to yourself inside your head. Joseph had been thinking. He had been reasoning and logic. And it says, verse 19, uh, that, that Joseph had, had prepared. He had minded. Look at that word, minded. He had minded. In other words, his mind was so full of his own ideas. He was thinking, I'm just going to get rid of her secretly. In other words, I'm going to cut this marriage off and maybe she can go and have the baby in another town. I, and he had come up to it with his own idea and his own logic, his own reasoning. And finally, after he'd done all the thinking, God's like, okay, you ready for me to weigh in now? Now that you've had all this thinking, can I have a word now? Can I finally interrupt your thoughts, you, you've had enough time to logically reason this out. You came up with your best idea. You're just going to get rid of this girl. Joseph, don't miss this. Don't miss this. And so in verse 20, it says, while he was thinking, <laughs> while Joseph was thinking, what a thinker, on all of these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Sometimes God has to knock you out to wake you up. Sometimes God has to get you to go to sleep to finally wake up. To finally realize that this is from God. Don't be afraid, Joseph, to take Mary as your wife. For what is inside of her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son. And you get the naming rights. I'm going to let you name your future. I'm going to let you name what's coming your way. I'm going to give you the chance to name what's in front of you. God's given you the power to name what's in front of you. I don't know about you, but I want to name my future Jesus. I want to name my past Jesus, covered by Jesus. My present, covered by Jesus. And my future, certainly covered by Jesus. Jesus behind me. Jesus before me. Jesus inside me. Jesus above me. Jesus beneath me. His grace surrounds me. His power is inside me. His hope is overflowing from me. Jesus. And so while he was sleeping, isn't it amazing that some of the best miracles happen while you're sleeping? Because it's at the end of your striving that God says, you can't do this on your own. I'm going to do this. My grace. God loves to show it while we're sleeping. He says, I'm going to show it while you're sleeping so that you know I'm God and you're not. I mean, think about Adam. The best gift that Adam got didn't come while he was awake. It came while he was asleep. God took his rib and made the woman. God wants to give you something great this Christmas. But you've got to rest and trust in his way and his timing. He wants to interrupt you this year. And you know, Joseph wakes up from his slumber. Verse 24, it says that Joseph woke up and immediately he obeyed. You don't have to fully comprehend to fully obey. You don't have to fully understand to be fully devoted to God. God's not asking if you fully get it. He's asking if you'll fully obey it. He's not asking if you totally comprehend it. There's just some things you can't comprehend in your own logic. Joseph just woke up and goes, okay, I'm all in, God. Whatever you want to do in me, whatever you want to do through me. And by the way, the dream Joseph had of marrying that girl and having his own kids, God still gave him that dream. Him and Mary, after Jesus, they were able to have more kids. 
Sometimes we're afraid to let God interrupt our plans because we think our plans will never work out. But God says, I've got a greater purpose inside of your plans, and you're still going to get to see those dreams fulfilled. But let me interrupt what's happening right now in your life. of any size, we will send you the fully devoted three-message CD series. In this sermon series, Pastor Paul reveals how to live a life that is dedicated to God and fully devoted to His plan for your life. He says, joy, come on in. Peace, come on in. Kindness, come on in. Healing, come on in. Freedom, come on in. He's taking the junk out and he's putting the Jesus in. This week, for a gift of just $65, you can receive the beautiful, exclusive Victory Journal to note your favorite scriptures and stories, count your blessings, and write down the victories you experience every day. However, when you join with other generous people and give just $19 a month, you will receive both the Onward Journal and Sermon Series fully devoted. Your gift will support the spread of the good news of victory to over 6 million viewers every week. $19 helps support the global ministry of victory's 200 missionaries in countries all over the world, as well as providing humanitarian aid and disaster relief to spots of turmoil and poverty across the globe. Your support will help us to continue to feed children, minister to those in need, and enable others to receive hope. For just $19 a month, you will receive both the Onward Journal and the Onward Sermon Series. Your generosity of $19 a month, just 63 cents a day, will not just give others hope, but satisfaction, knowing that the message of God's faithfulness and grace is reaching others around the world. Don't miss this exclusive sermon series and journal offer. Call 1-800-760-2360 or go online right now. Because when you become a Christ follower, Christ comes into your life, but then he wants to remodel your whole life. He starts a construction project. This is the hood book. You can see my beautiful wife on the cover, and this is her book, which is really about a movement of women. She has, over the years, impacted multitudes of women, both through the color conference and through this movement, the sisterhood. It's really about women all over the world, everywhere, rising up to all that God's called them to. It points exactly to that, your significance, your purpose, your call. This book is a story about Everyday girls seeking to place value upon humanity and make a difference in the world. It's also my personal story, my rise-up moments, my victories and my challenges along the way. I believe that the sisterhood is truly for such a time as this.
Jesus and leading others to worship Him. Get your hands on this beautiful album from HillsongChannel.com. that is being used is a weapon of misinformation. There's so many myths out there when it comes to God's institution of marriage. classic game Clue. It's the mystery whodunit game where you had to gather up all the clues as fast as you could to solve who committed the murder. Not only who did it, but in what room the crime was committed in and what weapon was used. And so you would try to beat everyone else to gather all the clues so you could yell out something like, Colonel Mustard in the study with the revolver, hoping that it was right. Well, in our modern culture, marriage is under attack. But the weapon that is being used is a weapon of misinformation. There's so many myths out there when it comes to God's institution of marriage and what really makes for a lasting love relationship. And so we're going to start a new series this weekend that I'm calling Marriage Mystery. And what we're going to do is kind of debunk some of these myths. We're going to uncover over the next three weekends some of the clues that are secrets to a lasting love relationship. We're going to cut through some of the spin and really get down to what marriage is all about and how you can build a lasting marriage relationship. So I want you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5. And would you stand in honor of God's Word because... We find all the clues right here in this passage for how to build a deep and rich, fulfilling marriage relationship, that it is possible, and that God has a purpose for it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. I want you to underline that phrase. This is a profound mystery. So what's a profound mystery? Some of you guys are saying, my wife is the profound mystery. And that's one of the great things about marriage. It's a lifelong adventure trying to uncover the clues to understand your mate. 
It's one of the great things about marriage. But he's saying the profound mystery is this marriage mystery, that the two become one, that two people from different backgrounds with different needs and different personalities and different goals come together to share everything. And there's this oneness, and the Bible talks about three areas of oneness, spiritual oneness, emotional oneness, and physical oneness. And because you're not just a body, you're a spiritual creation, so you have a spirit that God placed within you. That means you can have a relationship with the God who made you. And then you have a soul, that's your emotional center, and then, of course, you have a physical body. And by the way, the physical passion in the marriage relationship is fueled by spiritual and emotional oneness. That creates the fuel for the physical oneness to keep those flames burning in the marriage relationship. And I want you to also underline the phrase, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. To start to solve this profound mystery of the two becoming one, you have to first understand the purpose of marriage. To understand and unlock the profound mystery, you've got to understand the profound purpose of the marriage relationship. See, a lot of people think a good marriage is a perfect marriage. And most people go into marriage thinking that it's going to be perfect. They have their sight set on perfection. They think, I've met the perfect guy. I've met the perfect gal. I'm marrying the perfect person. And our marriage is going to be perfect. We're never going to have any problems like other people because, oh, man, we are perfect for each other. And this marriage is perfect, and he's perfect, or she's perfect. And if you go into the marriage relationship... Looking at perfection, you're going to be very frustrated. There are two things you need to understand about marriage right away. For those of you who are married, first, you married a very flawed and imperfect person. And secondly, you're not so hot yourself. So you deal with that right away, and it sets you free. And so don't go into marriage with your sights set on perfection because you'll be frustrated at your marriage. It won't be perfect. You'll be frustrated at your spouse because they won't be perfect. And you'll be frustrated at yourself because you're not perfect. Instead of focusing on perfection in marriage, focus on the purpose of marriage. Well, a lot of people think about the purpose of marriage, but they don't really understand it. Some people think the purpose of marriage is to have a life partner that compliments you. Some people think the purpose of marriage is really to have someone you can enjoy life with. Some people think the purpose of marriage is sex. Some people think the purpose of marriage is to have kids and raise a family. And all those are good, but the real purpose of marriage is a higher purpose that God has, and that is to reflect the love of God. And the only way that can happen is to have that oneness where the two become one, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So how do we do that? I want to play a little marriage clue today and we'll start with clue number one remember how in the game of clue you always started in a room and you had to get to different rooms and so we're going to start in the kitchen because we need to start in the kitchen because the principle here is nourish your mate's soul nourish your mate's soul now the soul is that emotional center and so you want to feed your mate's soul to have that emotional oneness that produces a lasting love relationship. And it also is the fuel that really stokes the flames of passion in the marriage relationship. In Ephesians 5.25, it tells us how to do that, husbands. 
Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for his church, a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. So just as Christ loved us and gave everything of himself to us, we're to give ourselves constantly to our wife. Husbands, we're to give ourselves constantly putting their needs ahead of ours, looking to be sacrificial and meeting their needs ahead of our own. And that's impossible to do humanly because humanly we're selfish, but supernaturally we can do that. We can be Jesus to them. We can allow Jesus to love through us. And many times it's little things that really fill their emotional tank. Well, I want us to move to the second room, the library. Clue number two, the library. And that is you've got to study your mate's needs. If you're going to fill that emotional tank, if you're going to be one spiritually and emotionally, then you have to study your mate's needs because we often try to meet our mate's needs based on what we know our needs to be. And we really do love, but they don't feel love because they're not really meeting their needs. And so you've got to study your mate. You've got to ask them. You've got to talk about it to really understand what their deepest needs are. And everyone's going to be a little different. Ephesians 5.33, though, tells us the basic number one need for most men and women. In Ephesians 5.33, it says, However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Underline the word love and underline the word respect. She needs to feel loved. I put it this way. She needs to feel treasured. The number one need of most women in the marriage relationship is she needs to feel treasured for emotional connection. She needs to feel treasured, cherished, valued, and it's all the little things that do that. And then he needs to feel respected. For his emotional tank to be filled and for them to be emotionally one, he needs to feel respected and valued. Well, let's move to the next room. Clue number three is the hall. And that's not even considered a room by most of us, but the hallway is one of the most important rooms in the marriage relationship, and that is I have to walk hand-in-hand with my mate to be emotionally one. That's God's design. That's God's plan in the hallway. In Ephesians 5, 28 and 29, it says, In the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. So there again, we're seeing it, feeding and nourishing the soul, feeding and caring for the soul. Like God does for us, we're to do that for each other. Then we move to clue number four, the bedroom. We go from the kitchen to the bedroom. And I'm not just talking about the sexual relationship in the marriage, but more importantly, rest in your commitment to God and your mate. Commitment is the fuel that holds you together and fires the physical passion in the marriage relationship. Still to come with Pastor Carrie Shook. Shanti Feldon, who is a best-selling author, is, uh, is here with us today. She's back with us. She's a friend of Woodlands Church, but she has done all these social studies and, and brought them all together with biblical teaching. And I was seeing something in people as I was talking to them, and it just became really clear that underneath you know, the, the surface of a relationship, there's this real important... Um, pattern, this common denominator in whether a marriage survives or it fails. The quality of your life is in very large part a reflection of the quality of your relationships. Healthy relationships, happy life. 
This is doubly true of the most important earthly relationship, marriage. Now, Carrie Shook Ministries has assembled four of Carrie Shook's most requested and impacting messages on the cultivating and maintaining healthy relationships. And right now, this series on DVD is our special thank you for any gift of support to help keep this kind of teaching coming to you and others. If you could invest $65 or more in our innovative outreaches, Carrie and Chris want you to have the most memorable moments collection on DVD. This collection includes all four most memorable moments series, faithfulness, life balance, restoration, and relationships. Your gifts of support help send a message of hope in a nation like Haiti, Nairobi, and other mission outreaches around the world. As you partner with Carrie Ship Ministries, you become a part of being the message of God's love and make a difference by blessing so many in need. To share and request your thank you resources online right now, point your web browser to carryshook.org or call. You can enjoy a life of balance as you help others do the same. Call or click right now. Shanti Feldon, who is a best-selling author, is, uh, is here with us today. She's back with us. She's a friend of Woodland Church, but she has done all these social studies and, and brought them all together with biblical teaching. Um, but she has written a new book called Debunking Discouraging Myths About Marriage and Divorce, The Good News About Marriage. And in it, she's done all this research that debunks these myths and cuts through all the spin and really busts these myths, and it's so encouraging. So I want you to welcome back Shanti Feldon. Give her a great round of thanks, and I'm going to talk to her about what she's found. Shanti, it's great to have you. It's great it's to be back. It's been exciting this weekend just to all this information that you've found uh, just really makes a difference. So It does. You, for eight years, yeah. studied the statistics, and uh, you put it all together. First, why did you do that for eight years? <laughs> what on earth? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I mostly study men and women, and some of the stuff actually you were, you were talking about, and, and I was seeing something in people as I was talking to them, and it just became really clear that underneath, you know, the, the surface of a relationship, there's this real important um, pattern, this common denominator in whether a marriage survives or it fails. And I was seeing there's just this one factor at work, and it's whether the couple had a sense of hope to do all of this stuff that you've been talking about, or whether they have a sense of kind of futility, like why bother, because we're not going to make it. Because I was seeing that if a couple feels like, yeah, you know, we're having a rough time right now, but we're going to make it, mm-hmm. it's a completely different outcome, yeah. you know, than once they start to think we're not going to make it. Sure. And, um, and I was realizing that that sense of futility, that sense of discouragement kills a marriage. Yeah. And the problem is we have this culture-wide feeling of futility about marriage. Yeah. It's just so hard, it's impossible. It's impossible, yeah. and you know, most of it's 50% divorce rate and all these things. And so, according to the Census Bureau, right now, while we're sitting here talking, 71% of people are still married to their first spouse. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? It's encouraging, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm.
glad you're fine. Oh, I'm glad to say goodbye.
how many of us tonight came in here desiring of God. Hallelujah. I want more of you to dwell in your presence and to give you Yeah. 
evening, good evening, good afternoon. Don't everybody speak up at once. I wouldn't know what to do. Overwhelmed with so much activity on the phone. You so silly. Good morning. I'm only going to be on here for a few minutes, so I got to head out. How are you this morning? I'm good. You better go ahead and get your prayer in there since you're only going to be here for a few minutes. You going to pray for me? I'm going to say you get your prayer in. I don't say me praying for you. I just asked if you can pray for me. I'll pray for you after you start praying first. What you want me to do? You want me to open up in prayer? There you go. Good grief. Say what you mean, man. And mean what you say. It be. Okay. Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call, for all those that call in throughout the morning and sometimes afternoon. I thank you for the fellowship, for the learning of your word, the sharing of your word. I thank you, Father, for the things that we learn that help us in our walk going forward in life and with you. We thank you for the shared experiences on the line that help people deal with the different things going on in their life and that have gone on in their childhood. We thank you, Father, for your son, Sam, and his obedience, even when he's going through so many different things himself. Father, we continue to pray for Mr. Farley Sr., thanking you for his successful surgery, praying for his speedy recovery, his safe and speedy recovery. We know that you have this under control, Father. We thank you for your for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Father God, we praise your name. We glorify you, Father. Run did it go say she to 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 go Sandra Sidakandaka. Hm Harambo Shidaka Sandishidako say Dishidako say Shandidako Sandishidako say Shandidako Sandishidako say Shandidako Sandishidako Saka. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, 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 Father. Yandidako Seshe, Yandidako Saka. Mm. 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 
Father God, I praise your name. Yet a combo city to glorifying you, Lord. Yet a combo seeking your presence, your word, your will, and your way for our lives, Father. Hmm. Yes, Lord. Thank you. Father God, help us to walk in the capacity that you're calling us to walk. Help us to rise up and become the men and women of God that you're calling us to be. Let your word permeate the atmosphere, Father. Father, yes. Father God, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Father, yes. I'm hearing that this is the beginning of a new chapter in our lives. The foundation has been set, and now it's time to build upon the foundation. God has orchestrated everything that has occurred. Not just in our lives, but also in the lives of others that we've been standing the gap and interceding on the behalf of. We've been walking in a capacity of being near to the Lord because we've been yielding, seeking, and allowing Him to be God. We've been crying out to Him in our hurt and our pain. In our disgust and our anguish, we've been crying out to him for direction, for understanding. We've been crying out to him for so many things, and he has been meeting us each and every step of the way. Even in many things that we don't understand, but we say, but God. Hmm. We have been yielding and allowing him to do those things. Wow. That he needs to do to perfect us. Mm -hmm. We've gotten to the point that we're not fighting against God. See, a lot of times we're fighting against God, either knowingly or unknowingly. In other words, he wants us to go down a path. And because we don't like it, we we fight against that path. Rather than seeking him for direction and understanding that this is the path that he wants us to walk down. See, that there's a huge difference in the two. Because when you're in the midst of turmoil and struggle, heartache and pain, but you recognize that this is the path that the Lord has let you go down, for the perfection of your character and his word 
and you drawing close to him and you quit fighting that path and you just say, okay, Lord, let me learn that which I need to learn. See, that's what I'm talking about, fighting against God. Because so often we're trying to get up out of something that God has ordained for us to be in. Mm-hmm. But when we accept it, then we begin to see that which he desires for us to see, to learn, to act and react upon. That's when we're flowing with the Holy Spirit. That's when he's growing in our lives. That's when we're moving and increasing in God. And allowing the fullness of his presence to take over our lives. See, that's when we're walking and we're uh, we're not even understanding how are we walking this path? How is this being done? Because you recognize it's not being done in you. Because this is someplace you didn't even want to go. This is someplace you really desire to get up out of, but you were yielded and just said yes, and you find yourself moving and doing that which is needed to be done. And you find that the only way it's being done is through the oh shit, going there, let go to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. See, that's how He increases in your lives. Wow. Mm. I was just teaching about Sunday about trials and tribulations, and how trials and tribulations develops a hope. Then I said, but wait a minute, isn't the hope before faith? He said, because, see, through the trials and tribulations that we go through, we develop a hope, a hope that we come out, a hope that things get better, a hope that this won't all last all the time. But then when I go back, but wait a minute, Lord, it says, now faith is the evidence of things hoped for. So wait a minute. That means our trials and tribulations begin to develop a hope, and a hope is, is it begins to develop our faith. So if out the, without the trials and tribulations, we're really lacking faith. Without the anguish, we're really lacking faith or we're walking in weak faith, little faith, underdeveloped faith. See, those are different types of biblical faith. Yes, I said biblical faith because if you read throughout the Word, you will find evidence of different types of faith. But is that really what you want? Is that really what you need? I mean, be honest with you, talking about me, I would really not want faith at all. I want everything right where I need to have it. In other words, if it's already in my possession, then I don't need to have faith. I would rather have everything right where I want it and it's just there, but I have to believe for something to happen. I have to believe and trust God for the transfiguration, for the transformation, for whatever it is. I have to believe that I can get from one side of the street to the other without getting hit. So we all got faith, and we all act out on it every day. So don't think you walk in a life without faith. You walking in faith when you sit your butt down in that chair. You're hoping that it supports you. That's faith. But see, that's really how your faith. Oh my God, that's really how your faith and your relationship needs to be with God. You've got such a trust, mm, such a trust in Him. Such a trust that's developed in him that when he tells you to do something, you just automatically do it and have an expectation for the outcome. 
The same as when you sit your butt down in that seat, it holds you up. That's where God wants you to be in your relationship with him. But see, the difference is when we're believing for God for certain things and it doesn't manifest that way. It doesn't quite turn out the way that we're believing. See, that's when he has to grow you up. That's when he has to grow you up and get you to begin to see as he sees. Because, see, for us, it's normally about the thing, the situation or the circumstance that, that we're wanting to turn around, that we're wanting to come out of. But God, nine, nine times out of ten, is about the relationship. Nine times out of ten, it's like, I want you to lose this. I want you to see that this is part of you that is not like me, and you need to get rid of it. I want you to see you need to grow in this area. I want you to see this is flesh. See, that's majority of the times where it is with God. And, and, and until we get to that point of understanding and we begin to see that, that, that ugliness or the thing that's inside of us that's not like God or the areas where we're actually weak in and we think we're strong, until we see and recognize and say, God, help me. God, show me. God, transform me. God, forgive me. Mm. Help me, Jesus. God, forgive me, Lord. Until we get to that point, we struggle. We get upset. Things don't manifest. See, that's, 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 it's not about the things majority of times. It's about him and us. Remember, he gave his best. And we're reading about the about the fire of God's love. And, and it's breaking down in there how Jesus loved us and God so loved the world. And, and how Jesus so much loved God, his Father, that he wanted to fulfill his will. And it's breaking down those things about even on the cross. How much the love of God led him. And that's what he wants us to lead to lead us. The love of God. But see, we can't walk in the love of God. We're too busy loving ourselves. We can't walk in the fullness of, of, of what God desires us to do when we got us on our mind. Walking in my hurt, in my pain. Um, I'm just mad. You might not outwardly be mad, but you are mad because it didn't go the direction that you wanted to go. See, it's so much that God teaches, reveals, and grows us up in if we let him. So you got you to be yielding to God. You got to allow God to do these things in your life. Because if you don't, it's not going to happen. He's going to love you all the way to heaven. Yeah, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm going to let you come on in heaven. You're just going to be... Weak, little, underdeveloped, but you're still going to be my child. And I got a secret, and I don't mean to be negative, but you know what? The majority of his children are walking in that capacity. We talk about spirit, soul, and body a lot on this line. Majority of his children are walking in carnality. So don't, 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 don't think that you, you know, you by yourself. And I ain't trying to say I'm Mr. Super Spirit, man, because Lord knows and believes I got a whole lot of issues. Shut up, Pam. But it's just as you begin to recognize and let God grow in your life, and you begin to yield to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and he begins to take you out of yourself, but he can't take you out of yourself until you see yourself. And you see that thing that's clothing you that's called flesh. 
Because in God's eyesight, there's no good thing in the flesh. But see, our flesh enjoys this life, the pleasures that it gives it. That's the thing, though, sin is called sin pleasurable. Yeah, calls it pleasurable. So when we're sinning, nine times out of ten, we're doing something that we're enjoying. So it's hard for us to give it up, to cut, to stop it. But God says, you need to love me more than you love that sin that you're doing. So Holy Spirit, continue to work in us, grow us up, help us to see the ugliness inside of us that is not like you so we can let it go, Father. Continue to allow the Word of God to manifest in our spirits, souls, and bodies so we can rise up and become the men and women of God you call us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 All righty. Anybody else want to pray this morning before we do the list? Good morning. It's a Richardson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was listening to him Sunday. You went in, then how your day at? Um, he's good. He uh, had surgery yesterday. Um, I went up there last night, and you know he's basically he's recuperating, so he's be in there for a few days. But he's recuperating, so he's all good. Your mom ain't trying to stay at that hospital, is she? Well, no, she's been we yeah she's been coming home. Thank God. She's the first night she stayed, but she came home um yesterday and the day before. So she's gonna go Pretty back cool. home. So. You know, oh, she's been trying to keep her keep her medication in her. <laughs> keep her yeah, calm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you'll need two sick individuals on your hand. I, I'm, I'm going. You know, I've been going through that all summer now. And how is your dad, sir? Uh, we're going. Get, he's going to therapy now, so my mom's going to take it. I don't know who's driving. Cause I thought they were going to wake me up. I, he said, you don't need to go nowhere tomorrow. He said, you're tired. I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, need, I don't need nobody following out behind me, dude. Okay. Uh-huh. I already got enough on my hands. Yes, she is. Yes, yes, Lord knows. I understand. As a dude, I understand. Wow. You ready to go to the grind in a minute? You ain't starting school already. On the third of August. Oh wow! But I got, but I got workshop in Prattville next start next week Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. So that's the twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth. So that's just leaving next weekend. That's it. And then hey, you gotta go start getting your classroom together. So that's that's it for me. And it's hundred and twelve. You ain't got but a couple of weeks. I hope they postpone it because it's supposed to get 112. Do you hear me this week? Oh, baby boy, baby boy. Mm, I ain't had that temperature in a long time. Last time I heard that temperature, I was going through Phoenix and all that, and El Paso and stuff like that. Shoot. And mm. that was nothing pretty. And I vowed I would never go back to California, especially not by automobile or anything on means of. On, on tires. 
Wow. Yes, wow. yes. Yes, we've been having some beautiful nights, though. I ain't lying. We dropped down to 70 degrees. We just oh. feel good. Yes. Oh. But you got to get to 6 o'clock to get there. Hold a second, please. You said what? Hold on. What did you say? Hold on. Oh, okay. Hundred and twelve degrees, good lord. <sighs> All right, let me do my juices, juicy juice. Probably. Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and open up in prayer, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, let me get my stuff together for a minute. I just got through praying. Why I called you, but let me get... Let me see. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just not starting the prayer call? Well, no, I just I just did a prayer. Pam did a prayer. I did a prayer. So now you want to pray? Because after that, I'm gonna do the list. So I, you know, just saying, if you want to pray before I do the list. Okay. So Miss Scotty can't say good morning to me. I don't know if she's still on because she said she was gonna only be on for a little while. I don't know if she's still on. Pamela. What time you been starting the call? Huh? What time you got on the call? Well, this morning I actually was late because I looked up the clock. It said 620. I said, okay. When I looked back up again, it was like 650. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Lisa, I just want to make sure that you are within that time frame before I get off that road when I start. So you need to start getting yourself together because, see, I'm coming off vacation. You got to come off your latecation. Uh, yes, sir. <coughs> yes. <coughs> I received my assignment. He said, "Brother, man, you got to get up and get it moving now, cause I, I, I knew." <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Dear most gracious heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you for this 
gift that you, this privilege that you have given us, Lord God, that is called prayer. Father God, this morning I just want to commune with you and thank you, Lord God, for just watching over us and keeping us, Lord God, even as we slept, Lord God, in, in our beds, Lord God. Even, Lord God, I want to thank you that you woke us up this morning and in our right mind, Lord God, with the activity of our limbs. All the members of our bodies, Lord God, was operating in the form that you have created for them to operate. And I want to say thank you. Father God, I want to thank you that you have spared our lives, Lord God, to come together to praise your holy name and to hear and to commune and to listen to you. So what vessel says you, the Lord of our lives, Lord God. We want to thank you for being the head of our lives, not the tail, the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, Lord God. We want to thank you for being that foundation on which our faith and our hope and our trust and belief and are built upon. We want to thank you, Lord God, for the godly principles that you have placed in our hearts, Lord God, that you have given us to gov- that governs our lives, Lord God, so that we will walk accordingly to your will and your way for our lives. Father God, I want to thank you for my brother Sam this morning, Lord God, who rose early this morning to open up this prayer call, Lord God, so that those of us who are believers and who trust and hope and faith is built up is within you, Lord God, to come together and to share our blessings, Lord God, the gifts, the fruit of the spirits, Lord God, that you have given us. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord God, that he was able to give a report that his father is doing well, Lord God, and that he made it through the surgery, and now he's recovering, Lord God, and recuperating in the hospital. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord God, that even his mother is just being obedient and just, Lord God, and then you do your work, Lord God. When we take our hands off the situations, Lord God, you could do it better than we can. You could do all things, Lord God, much better than any man on earth can, better than the doctors, better than the lawyers, even those who are ministers, Lord God, you could do it better than anybody else can. So when we remove ourselves from the equation, God, and step back and just watch you move, Lord God, you will make all things new. So your word told Teaches us, Lord God, you said, behold, when Jesus died on the cross, he said, all things are new, Lord God, and Lord God, under the heavens and the earth. He will want to thank you, Lord God, for that privilege, Lord God, that you just step in and just move as you just told the side of move. So, Father God, let this call be operated in the fashion that you have created for it to do. Lord God, let our those who are us who are believers and faith believers, God, come together and share, Lord God, how good and great is our God, Lord God. Everything on earth and in heaven and beneath the earth, Lord, Lord God, all belongs to you. Wisdom, knowledge, grace, mercy, understanding, healing, all those things, powers belong to you. And we want to thank you, Lord God, for just including us in that number. When we were baptized and confessed Jesus as our Lord and Savior, Lord God, and we were, we were baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord God, you included every last one of us. You called Sam by name to the baptism. You called me to the baptism. You called Pam, Erica, Felicia, Lisa, Mother Regina, Erica, Nate, Lord God. You called all these people, Louie and Sherry, Lord God. You called us all to the baptism, Lord God. 
so that we could be baptized with the Holy Spirit, Lord God, so we could be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord God, and we could call upon your name, Lord God, and be and our prayers will be answered. So cover us and keep us throughout this day. Bless us and move within our hearts, Lord God. Open doors that have been shut in our face, Lord God, and close doors, Lord, that, that do not need to be opened, Lord God. Anything that the enemy is trying to take to trying to sift us as as we, Lord God, we want to thank you for Jesus who is praying for us and kneeling before your throne and calls us by name, that the devil would have no power over us. He has no dominion over our lives. He has no dominion over our families. He has no dominion over our homes, our jobs. He has no dominion over us because we were been baptized with the spirit of our true righteous God, and that's you, Lord God, Jehovah. So, Father God, just move in the way you have us to move, and move within our lives in the way that you desire to, Lord God. Let our desires and our will line up with your way for us, Lord God, and your will. Let brand new mercies, Lord God, we see, Lord God. Let us be called upon your name, Lord God, because you have given us that privilege. We thank you for grace and mercy, Lord God. We thank you for the newness, Lord God, of this day. Cover us and keep us, Lord God. Protect us from all danger, seen and unseen. Father God, I even lift up President Obama, Lord God, and all the politicians that are going around here trying to, to do their own will. But let them seek you first, Lord God. Let them learn to pray and ask you on how to move, Lord God, how to govern this land, because we are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. We've been called by your name. So, Father God, let them consider that, Father God, so that they would do your will, because we all have a charge to keep, Lord God, and that's to glorify you. And first, we're going to glorify you by loving on each other, our brothers and sisters, Lord God, even as you loved on the church, Lord God, even as you loved on this world and this creation, because you gave your only begotten son. When you saw that man was going astray and this world was becoming corrupt, Father God, you said we got to go and prepare a body. You need to prepare a body so that you can send someone down, Lord God, who is fit to redeem us and bring us back into your fold. And so, Father God, we want to thank you for Jesus, who who, who is voluntarily, Lord God, said ask you to prepare a body for him. He who knew no sins came into this sinful world, Lord God, yet not sinning, Lord God, but took on the sins that we all have committed, Lord God, and he took them to Calvary's cross, and even as he took on those stripes, Lord God, he nailed them to the cross, Lord God, that they would not be able to rise up and condemn us in the day of his judgment. You said that all of we confess our sins to you and believe within our hearts, Lord God, that we will be saved, so we want to thank you for it, Lord God. Father God, I pray, Lord God, for peace upon this land, the peace upon this world, Lord God, not just the United States, but all across the country, because all all these people are going about their own devices and their own plans, Lord God. They're going back killing people, Lord God, who are Christians and who are faith believers, Lord God. But cover us. We are shield and buckler, Lord. Protect us from the snares and the arrows and the deadly pestilence and then all these diseases, Lord God, and all the devices that man is trying to wipe us out with, Lord God. 
Protect us from the hands of the evil one. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Father God, I lift up even those who are unsaved, Lord God, that they would kneel down to you and, and confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they would develop a love for you, Lord God, and they would seek you first and foremost throughout the day, Lord God, how to operate their business, Lord God. Father God, so many people go about being angry, Lord God, because of the senseless killings by the policemen here on this earth. Lord God, I ask that you change the hearts and their minds, Lord God. Let them lay down their sword and their shields. Stick them to the sandy banks of time, Lord God, and cease to ward no more, Lord God. Let them not heal, Lord God, but let them pray, Lord God, for your hands and protection to be upon their lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Oh, there she go, Brother Richardson. Now you can talk about it like you was talking about I wasn't talking about Miss Scott. I just asked with Miss Scott on the phone and asked what she was what she's not gonna greet me. Good morning, my friend, Sister Scott. I just love to hear your voice. And how are you this morning, Mr. Richardson? I'm gonna rely on and wait. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There you go. And Mr. Instigator Farley. Uh huh. Tried to get ugly, tried to sit out saying something ugly about Miss Scotty. And I you know doggone well they said nothing about Miss Miss Scotty ugly. I just asked where was she? You said she was on the call. I asked, could she not greet me? You trying to get get some mess going on. No. You know something like that. Check your text you message. Yeah. Check my who? Check your text message. Oh, okay. I wouldn't do nothing like that. That's not even that. that that's not even my my, my modus operandi. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, not you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not Sam. He he's such a good person. Mhm. And I'm surrounded by good, great quality friends. So hey. Well, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, y'all gonna speak up on that, huh? Well, if you spoke the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth will set you free. Whatever would you do without us? Well, you know. And you know what? And I and I hate to allude to the thing about all of this senseless killing. Where hey, it's prevalent. It's before our eyes. It's going on. This last the deal with the guys in Baton Rouge, um, the guys who 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 want to kill those cops in the Baton Rouge area. That young man was a student at the University of Alabama. Oh really? Oh, wow. Yes. You know, Fox 6 News has thrown that up all day long. He was a deanless student while while he matriculated here. The one semester he did go to school here, he majored in business finance and came out with a perfect GPA. So I don't know whether he finished school or not, but just to know that he had some Tuscaloosa ties. I'm like, okay. All righty now. Well, I'm just saying smart people can be crazy, too. Well, aren't you speaking? Ha-ha, 
but a boom, and I'm the one that's called the instigator. No, but I'm talking about you to your in, in your ear. I'm not going through and saying nothing ugly about nobody else. I'm telling you what I'm uh, what I said. You hear what I'm saying? Don't anyway, let's do these lists. You just came in. Mm-hmm. What else? Hold on a second. Oh. What a list that now I don't think about it. Okay, let me quit scratching first of all. Did you say scratching? Yes, I said scratching. Uh, wash your hands. You know what? Anyway. Okay, um... Morgan Farley, how should it go? Say, 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 should
Faith, justice, and love, Muhammad. Hush it, go say, she 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 go say, Okay, she go say, 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 she go say,
Dave Rivera. Hoshida go say she 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 go say she
Um, Mark Eaton Charles Jr. I should have gone say, should have gone say, should have gone say, should have gone say, should have gone
Father, we pray for the missionaries, people who are answering a calling, who are sacrificing so much of themselves and their families to go places, undeveloped places, helping people so much more less fortunate than themselves. That is truly a calling, Father. We thank you for these people because not everyone has the ability to do what they do. Not everyone would do what they do. We pray, Father, for their health and their wellness and for their safety. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Father, pray for uh, the Prayer Shift and Ministries family, for all those that call in and, and those that want to call in but are unable to do so. Father, we continue to pray for their obedience, that even when they aren't on the call, that they are still in your word, learning your word, that they listen to the call to hear what's been talked about on the call that day. We pray that, Father, that that something that they hear on these calls touches them and helps them in their walk going forward in life and on their walk with you, Father, which sometimes is not always the same. Father, we pray that because of this call and because of what they have learned and how they are walking your walk, that it will resonate with someone else and help them, Father, to seek you because that is what we should be doing. We don't always have to to beat someone over the head with it. Just living by example can catch people's attention, and it's the most genuine way. Father, I pray for the health and wellness of the Prayer Shifting Ministries family, their families, and their households. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Finances. Father, I pray for the finances of the Prayer Shifting Ministries, the ministry itself, as well as his members. Father, you haven't instructed Brother Sam to start collecting tithes yet. But that's down the road, I believe. And that that will be used to do something mighty in the community for you. But, Father, I pray for the finances of Prayer Shifting Ministries because a lot of us are struggling in various ways. But we know, Father, that you will take care of us, that you will provide for us, and we maintain that faith. I thank you, Father, for the abundance that is going to start coming to each of us over the course of this year. Thanking you, Father for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, is that all the menial ones? The ones, you know, that I usually pray for? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, I'm a little bit more news, please. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Mm-hmm. Now you got it. Okay, what didn't happen? Because you, you sound like the air been let out your balloon. Samuel? 
I said lift up the pro- the police of this land and country. Hmm. Okay. <sighs> Father, want to say a police for say a prayer for law enforcement across the country. Father, I want to say a real prayer for law enforcement, not based off of what the politicians and the officials are are putting out there. Father, we know that these men and women, those that take their jobs seriously, that each day when they leave their house, they do not know whether or not they will come back to it alive or in the same shape that they left it. They put their lives on the line every day to serve and protect people that they do not know. We thank you for these people, Father, because this too is a calling that not everyone can do. But Father, like so many, but like everything else, there are some bad apples in the bunch. There are some who take their power and abuse it. And Father, we ask that you start to weed these bad cops out, that they are made to be held accountable for their actions. Because they put a dark, they put shade on the cops that are actually out there trying to do their job. It's not an easy job, but it is made worse when those who have this job abuse it. Mm-hmm. It is not okay for the cops to shoot an unarmed person any more than it's okay for someone to target the police and to kill them. Father, we pray that the information that is given in the media is correct and has not been skewed to um, to, to, to place blame unnecessarily. Father, we pray for... <sighs> We pray for peace in our country. Yes, Lord God. We pray that more people would turn to you, Father, before they yes. turn to God. That they just ask you to help them. That they just take a moment. Stop acting in anger. Violence does not solve violence. Only love can do that. And I pray that people have more love in their hearts than they do revenge. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord. It is not for us to go after. And even when these cops are exonerated for crimes that they know that they have committed, they are still going to have to answer to you, Father. So so they have not escaped anything. And they know that as well. We just continue to pray for our communities. That calmer heads will prevail. And we pray for those that are trying to keep rice stirred up. That they calm down, that they sit down, and that they shut up. 
because the blood of innocent people is on their hands as well when they say these things incorrectly, when they purposely skew a story and it gets people riled up. We continue, Father, to thank you for your unconditional love and pray that it spreads out amongst the land and touches people. Praying that the the prayer warriors continue to pray for the victims as well as the perpetrators because love should not have exceptions. We have to pray for the good as well as the bad. How else will the bad turn around? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen and amen. 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 Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord God. Jesus. Brother Father, the ball is in your court. Do we need to put some helium balloon back up in you? Some helium in your balloon. Can you hear us over the juicer? Well, he's not blending anymore, so I guess he's drinking whatever concoction he blend mixed up in there. Well, whatever, 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 whatever. <laughs> all right, so y'all did all those lists. Pamela did. You know what, Sam, before you go on, I just want to commend my sister Pam. I know when I first met her two, three years ago, maybe four or five, I don't know how long it been. She would she wouldn't pray, but now she's a woman of many words. Oh yeah. I, yes, the Lord has loosed the bands of her tongue. They go plopping and plopping and plopping. <laughs> she's just praying and stuff. She has graduated from kindergarten to first grade. But <laughs> you're ignorant. And it's been six years, Arthur. I know. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. It sure has. Yeah, since 2010, I do remember. I was out in California, and I and I got a chance to really to know who you were. Yes, Lord. All right. Okay. Hold on one second, huh? Uh, my life, my life, my life, my life. So basically, I just got to do those other lists. Hold on one second. Mm-hmm.
All right, I'm back. Okay. Okay, so only this has got to be done is the other ones that I do, discernment and all that other stuff. Yep. All right. It's 9.30. Um, it's 9.20. Oh, well, close enough. Father God, let me pray for discernment. Shed it to go around to go say she 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 to go around to go Sarakada, Russia to go say she to go say Sharanaka, Sarakada. And what else am I finding? Oh, there's a knife set. I find all kind of goodies stuck around in this house somewhere. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to ask what that is. Oh, that's a ladle. Now, why is it down there? I don't know. Let me get it out. She was waiting on you to find it. Huh? She was waiting on you to find it. Yeah, I guess it was. Like that plate full of food I found in the living room yesterday. Well, it wasn't full of food. It was... Anyway, yeah. All right, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Chef Randaka, 
Tell Taylor the restoration. Shut the gun to 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 the Okay, so I'm going to make a run and I'll come back. I'll text everybody and we can do the reading. Okay. Yes, All right. sir. Bye.